Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Bunnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And we're flying to the woods today. Apparently. Oh my gosh, we're flying up north today. And I'm so excited because we have a guest who I just absolutely adore. I mean, frankly, we don't invite anyone on this podcast that we don't adore. You have to be at maximum adoration in order to get the invite. But I have been wanting this person to be on our podcast for a very long time. And now I'm so excited that it has finally happened because we're going to talk about something. The theme is seasonal family rhythms. And there is our guest today. I've learned so much about this from. I find her so inspiring And when I have spent time with her in real life, not just observing what she's up to on social media, she's exactly the same in real life as she is on social media. And it makes me so happy. And you know how you just kind of see people and you're like, wow, you know what? You and I live very different lives. Mm -hmm. Like I live in the middle of the city in Minneapolis. She lives way up in the country on all this acreage. But that that connection has existed and it shows me that you can institute these types of principles that she's so passionate about, regardless of if you're living on a huge farm or if you're living in the city. It's just your perspective and it's the way that you set up your daily life. Exactly. Perspective and the way you set up your daily life, which brings us perfectly to how we each start our mornings and how we end each day with poor moi affordable skincare. You oh, want to our Climate Smart Skincare. Yeah. Yes. So good. Uh, Best to the Nest is, of course, presented by Pormois, Climate Smart Skincare. This is the skincare company that I adore. It's affordable luxury skincare from France, proven for uh, those just best aging results. You can use the code BEST to take an extra 20% off with a 100% money back guarantee. You go to pormoiskincare.com. That's P-O-U-R M-O-I skincare.com. And I love that we're talking about living in line with the seasons today. And that is so much about what Pormois is. It is about adjusting your skincare products according to the season and your daily weather. Just like if you're heading outside, you're going to bundle up and uh, you're going to do the same for your skin. If it's cold where you are and if it's hot, you know, you're going to tank top and booty short it with some tropical day cream. <laughs> booty short it. Well, I woke up this morning. I had not paid attention to the weather at all. I've been in Los Angeles. So I came back and it was like, I woke up this morning and there was snow. So guess what? A little polar this morning. Ah, A little polar. I love that. Very good. Again, use that code BEST so you can save 20%. But our guest today, her name is Jonna Holmgren. And you might know her as Fox Meets Bear on Instagram, on her website. I love her description of herself on her Instagram as I was sort of like digging through and kind of deciding how to intro her. I just didn't think that there was anything more perfect than how she described herself the words that she uses on her Instagram profile, mother, naturer, nurturer, outdoor exploration, homemaking in the woods, 
seeking kinship with my girls. And then she has a Bible verse, Matthew 11, 28 to 29 listed. And I just was like, I got to remind myself of what that one is. So I looked it up and it is <laughs> yeah, come remind to me. me too, Elizabeth. Yeah. I'll remind is. all of us. If you haven't done your daily Matthew reading <laughs> no. for the day, there's no shame in that game. You can catch up anytime. It's always there. Best selling book in the world. You know, that Bible come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then it goes on and says, hold on, I got to just adjust this little thing. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And I thought that was just lovely. And so we're going to use that to welcome my friend, Jana, to Best of the Nest. Hi, Jana. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Marjorie. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it is so nice to meet you. Elizabeth talks about you more than you probably know. <laughs> oh, I love you, Elizabeth. And Marjorie, like I know you just from keeping up on all of your wonderful podcasts too. So well, thank you. I, I, I think I know you too. So this is going to be delightful. And yes. talking about seasonal living and intentional living and outdoor living mm-hmm. is central in so many ways to what we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. here on Best of the Nest. So thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Jonna. You and I, we actually met years and years ago. This is very funny because Jonna's husband is an artist, a chalk artist, and he came on Twin Cities Live. What do we think, Jonna, like probably a dozen years ago? I mean, yeah. we didn't ha- none of us had kids. I mean, absolutely. It felt like just a lifetime ago. It was such a great experience. And Max is so talented. He came on the show and did chalk art on the show and Jonna came with him. And so we met like very briefly Yeah. and then somehow connected via social media where I started following what Jonna was doing. And that has just evolved over the years to sending messages to each other. And then we really got to spend a lot of time together two summers ago at Laura and Bezad, who own Toxie Free in Stillwater. Laura has been a guest on the podcast several times when Laura hosted this incredible dinner and Jonna and I got to go and I, we, we were like, can we sit next to each we other? Got, we got to oh. sit next to each other. <laughs> it was so magical. Yeah. Uh, Jonna, of course, had a little tiny baby who was just attached to her. And yeah. so I got to just snuggle next to her and the baby and we had such a great oh. time. And then since Jonna has come on to Twin Cities Live and what I've loved to see, Jonna, is just more and more people start to learn about you and how you live and how it resonates. So let's talk about sort of your your philosophy in life that I think also extends to parenting so seamlessly, which is about the seasons. What does that mean to you? Oh, absolutely. I think the rhythm and life just they they cannot be separated. You find it in plants, you find it in animals and human beings. Everything has this rhythmic quality that goes through form and movement and growth patterns and It's similar to the tides of life. There's a lot of contracting in and out that we do as families and children do. And and so I I have been kind of studying this a lot more and finding how it can settle into our daily life. And myself as a parent, I have four girls and just we all have such busy lives. And seasonally has been one of the most amazing things for me to kind of connect into Um, thinking of even in the 1300s, we didn't we didn't live and and wake so much. We had this restful season, this hibernation. Um, We used to just follow the rotation of the earth and go to bed when the moon was up and we got up with the sun. And um, 
you know, our natural rhythms, we used to be sleeping 11 hours a day. Now we're sleeping an average of seven. So things like this just affecting our life in such a different way. Um, So looking at creation and, and setting up our life intentionally to live according to the seasons has just brought this stability to myself as a mother and stability in our home. Not that we will always have peace. That is not the goal, but to be able to um, really be intentional with the guide and setting up our life to be able to find rest in deeper ways has um, just made a big difference. I think it really comes down to the simplicity of this. There's an anticipation that happens, a reliability that takes place and a completion. And all of those three things, I think for me, they play into our sense of belonging, our sense of safety. Um, So you could take this on a yearly basis, a monthly basis, a a weekly basis, or a daily basis, all of those three things. Anticipation that something good is going to come, something that is meaningful and connective. The reliability factor that it actually takes place. You can count on a special tradition coming every Christmas. You can count on it and it actually happens. Or for a child, you can count on something that takes place in your bedtime routine. So that reliability factor is enormous that you can know that something is going to be coming and it happens. And then that completion, it happened. It takes it takes place. You can count on the people in your life. You can count on certain things through the seasons. Um, I just, I find those three things to be such powerful, simple things that then go into our sense of belonging, our sense of security, our sense of stability. And um, just practicing that in my life has been, just has meant the world to me Um, in all of those different categories. I've seen benefits of my children I've seen benefits in myself as a mother, my marriage and my friendships and, and everything. So yeah, it's, it's been such a big part of my life. That's what you're saying. Not only is, I love that you say it's helpful for you, but the dividends of that, you, we, we can't even know yet with children. Mm-hmm. And as we sort of approach the world and the world has changed so fast, and I, I think many people don't live seasonally. I know the times in my life where I'm working so hard that I have just missed spring. Mm -hmm. I just missed it because I've been working so much. And there's a sadness that comes with, oh, I I missed it it, it, because it matters. And it's so interesting what you're saying. And I'm so steeped in this place right now because I'm taking a class on nostalgia. And so there's a real interest in how we look at our lives, how we look back at our lives, how nostalgia is used by the media to, you know, all sorts of things go into this idea of nostalgia. But what you're talking about to me is, is, is in a way it's about memory making and community building. Mm -hmm. And so when your children look back and we could classify that under nostalgia, but when your children look back at their lives, for them to have these sort of toeholds of memory will be so powerful, I think, as opposed to sad. And so I think that's what's so interesting about what you're talking about. It's it's very deep sort of conceptually, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that is exactly how I would describe it. It's, It's more than just doing things 
on a weekly basis or daily basis. In my mind, it's when I look back at my childhood, the things that make me a stable adult now is when I go back into my childhood and I knew that I could count on my mom or dad for either a yearly tradition or a monthly tradition, seasonal, daily, all those things that my parents did that to them, they probably were just doing their simple things, their simple role as a mother. But that's exactly it, is that I'm wanting to just have that be grounded in the way that I parent that like you're wanting to fly, like like best to the nest, wanting our children to fly and right. have this stability and security that goes beyond beyond anything, that we know that we have a sense of belonging, that it grounds us and secure us and feed into the way that we parent and and so many other I, I completely agree. That's it's beyond just setting up fun traditions and things. It's really builds into who we are and who we want our children to be and in hopes that they can grow into this secure and stable adulthood. Yeah. Well, the simplicity factor is what what I think people need to take away because when you start to talk about what, what can be tempting, I think in if you're living like a sort of a regular modern life in the United States when when parents start to hear like okay, we're going to do these traditions to a lot of parents, Jana, who feel like already overwhelmed by expectations, it feels like, oh my gosh, now I have to like create all these magical yeah. moments and I'm already exhausted. But what this, what I'm thinking of is, so last week was Valentine's Day. It was funny to see the text messages that were flying back and forth with some of my girlfriends about like, why did Valentine's Day get turned into, now I have to buy a plastic bag and all this plastic crap and I have to put it in the bag and then we have to get the Valentine and we have to send it all out and it's got to be this whole production. And I decided long ago that that just wasn't going to be what we do for Valentine's Day. And we all sat around the table. My oldest, Bernie, of course, she had her Valentine's done early, like last weekend. But I went to the store with her and we got, we did get some little plastic bubbles, which I feel bad about, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. And then we got construction paper, like a big pack of construction paper. And then we brought it home and we have a ton of washi tape at home and the kids love washi tape. They think it's like the most fun thing to play with. And what I decided that we were going to do that this is what we do for Valentine's Day is we sit around and we cut out hearts out of construction paper and then we write on them. And then the older kids got to tape some little bubbles to the center of the construction paper heart. And that's what went out. And then my middle son for the weekend, he was like, I'm not going to do these. I don't want to do these. I was like, all right, fine. If you want to give out the bubbles, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. And then the night before Valentine's Day, he said, you know what? I think I would like to make them. And so he sat with us. You know, Jay sat at the table. We were all around the table cutting out hearts. Bernie was cutting out more hearts for Heathcliff. He just (laughs) wanted to stack them. And I was just writing his name on them. And, um, and that is what we handed out. And we got in their little bags home from their schools, tons of stuff. I mean, people really like went overboard and they did all these things, which is fine for them. But for me, we had that memory of all sitting around the table, cutting out construction paper hearts. And that is what Valentine's Day was and is. 
Mm-hmm. And it's the sweetest thing. And so what it means to me when you're talking about this, um, these these traditions is really defining what those traditions are for you and getting back to basics and just creating some sweet moments that don't frankly have to involve all this stuff. Well, and I think it's on the schools too. I mean, that's why in a way I wish that schools were on board with simplifying some of these traditions that happen at school. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could easily say, as they, you know, they could easily say, nothing store-bought, no little trinkets. If they want to pass out something, pass out something. Because I'll tell you, when I moved from St. Paul, the, the, the plastic crates I had of just sort of junk toys you know, and junk things. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the schools could also help with that too, of just saying simple or, or nothing at all. But yeah. I, I think nothing at all is a lot because I think kids like those sort of traditions within the school day, but I think the schools could help with that as well. I think they could help, but it's also a little bit, I mean, if, if you're going to teach your kids to be, to live a more simple life and appreciate the more simple things. I mean, we talk about this a lot. They're going to be salmon swimming upstream in, in America. I mean, that's the way it is. And to get comfortable in that is something I think, yeah, I think is important. Jonna, what what are your thoughts on that? I, I completely agree. I think it's a popular belief that children need this constant fresh stimulation, but then the result is going to be this generation of children who always need to be entertained and, they can't find those inner resources. And that is, is even the idea of being bored, bored or having simplistic crafts or activities, or even the idea, like you said, having, it doesn't need to be anything dramatic. It can be simple rhythms of taking a child for a walk along the same route every week. They're going to find security in those surroundings And that same environment, they get to study the changes taking place. So in the spring, they're going to find that puddle, that same path and hike. They're going to be finding icy surfaces. They get to watch nature transform around them. And everything plays into this predictability. And I think that that's, there's so many studies too about teachers that can find children that have consistent, stable homes. They are able to process the changes of life in a way better way, in a way, in a much smoother, more healthy way, they can deal with the unexpected because they have this stable, rhythmic, consistent um, care at home. And it, it can look big. It can look like really wonderful, wild Christmas traditions. But I, I think I am most passionate about that. It's the everyday things. And wherever anyone is at, I, I wrote this guide and it's a beginner guide. And there's a lot of information just if somebody went out to their library or looked on. I mean, there's so many beautiful resources out there. But one of the things is where is where in your life are you feeling instability? Do you want to bring in more traditions that have connection to um, your culture or your past or recipes? You know, there's the you can focus in on things to change on your yearly rhythm or are bedtimes really hard lately? Is that feeling very chaotic and and children are jumping in and out of bed and having all these different needs and you're feeling like, oh, I just want stability at nighttime at bedtime. Um, it's all those simple things too. And I think the bedtime thing I love, I, ta- I could talk about that a lot. I think that if, if, you can, if we can set up those little rhythms at night, and even if you give yourself two weeks of 
you read the same book, you sing the same song, you pray together, you take a bath, you know, they take a bath, they feel the water, you maybe bring in a lavender spray, all of those things in the same order. Every single night, you give yourself two weeks of earlier bedtime, saying no to things, just tucking in at home, and then watching your child sink into the safety and security right before they go to sleep. I just think there's such power to that. It's it's everything. And I think sometimes when I would meet, when I would have people that I knew that had children the same age that I did, and they would talk about how difficult their children were mm-hmm. so many times, it, it, it just related to schedule and busyness. Yeah. Yes. And the kids were reacting out of having no sense of what was coming next. And certainly I didn't know what I was doing. And so I wasn't going to give any advice because, you mm-hmm. know, I thought my kids were pretty great and it was pretty easy, mm-hmm. but I didn't know why. And what I did with my children, which I think came intuitively to me, was their life was very ordered. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because mine as a child was not. Mm-hmm. And I sort of intuitively knew that that's what I craved as a child. And so I think that that's, th- there's such power in the routine. I mean, there was something that I used to say, I would always say, and it was just the silliest thing, but I would always say to my children, I would say their first night, I would just say, good night, Garpunnet, good night, Campbell Punnett. And I would say their last name because it was like our club. Mm-hmm. And it was every night I would say that because I just wanted them to know that this was us. This was our little club. It wasn't just who they were, but they were a part of something a little bit bigger even than themselves. They were mm-hmm. part of this little family. And and so I think it's it doesn't have to be overwhelming. You just have to find for your kids the things that will make them feel that their place in the world is safe and solid and makes sense. Mm-hmm. And when you said about, you know, what you what you can look back on that makes you a stable adult, I think sometimes in parenting we lose that sense of our only job is to give them those tools. It's not to give them, you know, the nicest clothes, the nicest mm-hmm. anything. It's just to give them the tools so that when they leave they can be stable and they can make good choices and they can feel good in the world. Mm-hmm. So I love I love all that you're talking about because I think it's so primarily important to families. It's such good stuff. And I that little tradition I say to my kids every night before they go to bed I love you more than the sun and the moon and the stars and they <laughs> always say it with me. So a lot of times I don't even say, and the stars, because I say, I love you more than the sun and the moon. And then they say, and the stars. And you can physically see their little bodies sinking into the bed and sinking into those words. And that's what we're talking about, these tiny little sweet things. So you alluded, Jonna, to the seasonal rhythms guide, which we will tell you about how you can get that. This is something that Jonna has put together, has worked on. So what are people experiencing when they're taking this guide that you've created? Um, what are some of the biggest takeaways that you're hearing from people who've started to read through this and institute it into their lives? What's happening? Well, the guide is yeah set up in, it has four chapters. There's introduction, um, some beautiful research, just kind of explaining how we're all discussing it right now. Um, it gives a rhythm guide map, so it's just going to show you exactly how to write an evening, a daily, a weekly, a monthly, 
or a yearly seasonal family rhythm. And again, if someone Love wants that. to go in on all of them, go for it. But if you want just a little bit more, um, you know, intention and stability and kind of like you said, Marjorie, those memory making depth that can go into your into your children's lives and yourself, this is a great way to start. Um, it also talks about rhythms for braving difficult seasons. I don't know if anyone can say they got through life without really difficult seasons of losses or drought or um, hardships. And so it it talks about how important that is to have a rhythm in place for those um, dark seasons and those hard seasons and how that can get us through those difficult seasons. Um, and then the implementation at the end is just discussing how am I going to get my family on board for this? Okay, great. I want to <laughs> do it. I want to do some rhythms, but how am I going to just make these changes? And it kind of walks you through some tangible ways to, um, you know, just like a Girl Scout camp, you sit everyone down and you say, hey, this is, we're going to make some changes. This is what that's going to look like. This is what my desires are. This is what I'm hoping for. This is how it's going to affect our family in a positive way. And it, um, you know, it's not that it's going to have go perfectly, but it's, if you get off your rhythm, you get back on. And that's what I think the difference is between, you know, what is the difference of just a schedule? Okay. We have a family schedule that is more constricting in my mind. I am an adventurous person. I like thinking outside of the box and being creative and a rhythm for me is that you always have it written in that season. So we write it, I write it four times a year, depending on what is happening in our season. And if life gets busy and chaotic as it can sometimes, then you almost, you know, you get home, you close your doors and you're like, oh, okay, we have a rhythm in place. Let's get our family back to our rhythm of, of what is going to help us work and thrive and grow um, as a family. So I've received lots of wonderful feedback and a, a lot from moms just even, yeah, specifically talking about bedtimes or just building in that they have felt like they can take on mothering in a different way because they have yeah. a set in place. Um, one of the things I find really valuable too is for a mother to write in when their next rest is coming. And oh, so I love that. It, changed for me with yeah f my four girls and their ages and breastfeeding needs and everything but when you know when your rest is coming so for example for a while it was my saturday mornings and i knew i talked with my husband the fa everyone was kind of set up you guys are having dad morning mom's that's mom's rest morning so all throughout the week i found myself just daydreaming about saturday morning what am i going <laughs> to read a book am i going to go on a walk? Am I going to meet a friend? Like intentionally using that rest time that I can build into myself to then be a better mom throughout the week. And then I found myself, I wasn't in this battle throughout the week for myself and the girls and myself and the girls. I just, Hey, I'm all in. I'm all in throughout the whole week because I know when my rest is coming, it's coming Saturday morning or, you know, there's little rests in between, but that to me was life-changing. I got to be all in with my girls. And then when my rest came, I, I spent the week planning it out and being intentional with it. I didn't just shop around with a cart in hand and buying things and then go back home and you're like, oh, I'm still depleted. This didn't actually fill me up. And so um, that is really huge. I also have been, even just the winter that we're in, there's different studies that talk about this in animals 
that they have a compound that is released when it's time to hibernate. So they just know the animals that hibernate, they know it's called hibernation induction trigger. And it, it, it's <laughs> mystery, but it's like this, this time that, that they are supposed to go inward and change and come into their environment in a completely new way. And so I definitely channel that for us. And sometimes you kind of can tell that that's needed and that's through irritability or sleeplessness or anxiety or fatigue or, um, you know, loss of joy and anger. All of those things are like little signs saying that's your, that's your trigger. I need to hibernate. I need to slow down. I need to find my rest. And, um, there's a book called Rooted in Wonder by Erin Linham, and she talks a lot about that, hibernating as a family and um, just this beautiful design that's in all of nature, all of plants, and all of humans, that we have these signals that tell us when we need to rest, and it just is so essential to our survival. Isn't it fascinating that we dismiss that as humans when we can look around in the natural order and all of it makes sense? Mm -hmm. The rhythms are right in front of us. But almost everything we do, for many of us, is counterintuitive to what should be a natural rhythm of our life. Mm -hmm. And we wonder why with our children or even with this next generation, I mean, there are all sorts of stats now that all tie back to social media and some of the digital stuff that's happening. You know, rates of depression with teenagers is through the roof. I mean, and, and it ties back. I mean, it goes back to like 2009. You can start to see the numbers going up in terms of depression. And if we look at it, it just makes so much sense. Because again, sort of social media or some of the social channels, they take us further away from our rhythms, not closer to them. And I'm not saying we all have Instagram accounts. So I know that. I think they can be a force for good. But I'm really talking about with our children that again, these things are counterintuitive to where they should be. I, I wrote down the name root I wrote down the name of that book, Rooted in Wonder. And I think one of the things that happens when you take your way yourself away from natural rhythm is you deny yourself wonder. You deny yourself curiosity. You deny yourself, like you said, taking the same path every day and seeing the change in your surroundings as they're happening. That's wonderful. And so when you don't do that with your children, if you don't do that yourself, you're denying yourself those things that feed your soul. Oh, we <laughs> hey Zoe. This is a first. I'm best of the nest and I'm gonna leave this in. <laughs> this is very exciting. Our next guest our has next arrived <laughs> in our current podcast. Zoe I... Francois. Zoe, meet Jonna. You guys would be great friends. I know this already. Hi, Zoe. <laughs> This is amazing. I cannot. I was just checking my equipment. No. I will quietly back out. No, this. I cannot tell you how much joy this brings me. And this will stay in the podcast because this is what Best of the Nest is all about. It's just this beautiful community. Oh, my gosh. Now she goes. This is so great. We're getting a couple of episodes done today because I'm going to be leaving town uh, oh next God, week. Wow. So that's fun. hilarious. Um, now we know, Elizabeth. Now we now know. Now we know. Now we know everyone can pop in anytime. Right. Um, what I uh, <laughs> what I love hearing about this too, though, is what what really resonates me resonates with me is this thought that if we would spend more time just aware of being 
going along with the seasons and going along with what our bodies are just meant to do, how much free space do we have in our minds to think about other things? When we're constantly fighting against what is, we are using up so much of our energy and our resources and our mind space, and we're depleting ourselves of of creativity. And, and I love that you talk about that anticipation, Jana, because the anticipation of the next season is something that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the summer, I'm thinking like, boy, I am ready to shut this garden down because I don't want to come out here every day anymore. Like I don't want to be up until 10 p.m. every night because I am ready for the sun to go down early. Like I love those seasonal things. I live for them. I like live for them with food. And I'm doing that in the city. Like you can do this you don't, I mean, and I love Jonna's life. Like Jonna and I are, we're, we're chicken people. I mean, we're all the things, but it's very fun for me to look at how Jonna is raising her girls out in this wilderness and, um, having them do school at home, all of these things where my kids are going to a school, I'm living in the city, I'm working, um, you know, going out to my job every day, doing these different things. But yet we still have so many of those same core values, Jonna. That's like been so cool for me to see with you. I completely agree. I completely agree. There's so much crossover and I feel so inspired by how you live your life and all of the, even the seasonal. Yeah, I completely agree. Like you said, Marjorie, when you when you missed spring that one year, and that's that resonated with me too because I used to feel like that almost every summer. You know, when summer ends, you are also like, it's over, and I didn't do what I wanted right. to do, and it's gone. And now, and you're ex- so excited for the next season, but also this kind of feeling of lack from the season before. Yes. And so that changed for me. Even last year, we created a fishing rhythm to go fishing every single uh-huh. day, and it's just the simple thing. But at the end of the summer, I felt like I looked back and it was like the completion was there. The anticipation, the reliability, the completion. I was like, great. We had a great summer. Let's move on to the next one. And last year I did it for Christmas too. And I have a Christmas rhythm. And the same thing, just writing out what are all the movies I want to watch? What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And then after Christmas was done, I have never felt more of a sense of like, just peace. It was like, yeah. great, I did the things and I'm, well, I didn't lack. It's, I can move on to the next season. Oh, I love it, Jonna. Okay, listen, I have one more question for you before we go, but I do want to remind everyone that talk about living within the seasons is switching up your skincare products according to the season. And that is what we do with our presenting sponsor of Best to the Nest, Hormois Climate Smart Skincare. And it's so amazing because Jonna was quoting some research and Uli, the founder of Pormois Climate Smart Skincare, always shares incredible research that shows how much our skin adjusts according to the environment that it's in, that is actually doing different things because our bodies are so incredible. So when you're using, for example, the hydrating balancer and the serum, you're going to want to switch those out seasonally. So you're going to you know, use one when it's hot and dry, use one when it's cold, use one when it's humid, and then daily you switch out your day creams depending on the weather. So right now in Minnesota, I have the polar day cream out. And then when it gets to be a little bit warmer, then I'll be using the temperate day cream. And it's very fun because then I'm like, oh, today's a temperate day. How exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. And, you know, I packed mine up differently because I went to a different climate. So yes. I had to use the one that I had for that climate. So it, it just, it is kind of fun. And it's and so good. 
and it and the products just feel luscious on your skin, which is also very important. They do. I'm very I'm very tactile, so I like tactile. how things feel. Use that promo code, you guys. It's best. You'll get 20% off at pormoiskincare.com. That's P-O-U-R-M-O-I skincare.com. Use the code BEST. And uh, you know, my my pro tip is always get the kits and then use the the 20% because they're already marked down and then you get the 20% on top of that as well. But I want to know, Jonna, from you uh, before we go, because we've already taken up more of our committed time because we love chatting with you so much. But um, if if you think there was just one thing today that you could do to just start to just, and and I, we're going to tell people how they can get your seasonal family rhythm guide. And I think that's such a great place to start. But if you just think of like, I'm listening to this and I'm out on a walk. A lot of our nesters are out on a walk when they're listening to our podcast or, you know, maybe they're getting ready for the day. Like what's just one thing that they could do to start to become more in line with this idea of seasonal living? I think I would say the to plan out when your rest is coming next. Yeah. And be intentional about what you will do during that time. Um, that discuss it with your family, plan it out, know that it's coming. Um, give yourself that same threefold, the anticipation. Let yourself daydream about your rest coming. Reliability, stick with it to the best of your ability. Stick with that time and space for yourself to gain rest and strength and then um, just really revel in the completion of that and watch that pattern build upon your life um, in the way that you interact with yourself and others and the way that you parent and um, the way that we work and create um, just finding that strength. And the second thing I would say, if I can add a second one, is to find a certain spot in Minnesota that you continually visit for a hike or a walk, even in your neighborhood or find one spot and then visit that if you can on a daily basis or weekly or monthly or yearly, take your family to it and just have a special location that you get to watch transform through all the four seasons in Minnesota. That's great. In as a family. That's a great advice. Love you so much. Boy, what a joy. I love you too. This has been so fun. You are just such a wonderful being and I just am really honored to know you and I feel really privileged to get to share you with so many people um, who are going to listen to this podcast and um, uh, it's just a gift. That's really, really great stuff. So Jonna has offered us an amazing discount code as well for her parenting workshops, her homeschool workshops, and that seasonal rhythm guide that we've been talking about. The code is a good one. It's best to the nest. So just (laughs) use the code best to the nest for 20% off. We will also put that in our show notes and uh, have a link to those guides that Jonna has provided for us. She's doing such amazing work. Follow her on Instagram at Fox Meets Bear. And uh, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Okay, Jonna, until the next time I get to give you a hug in person. Thank you. And even wait, Elizabeth. And it was so great to spend time with you, Marjorie. Thank you both. Oh, so nice. So nice to meet you. I just, I, I, you know that you're going to be back because oh, whenever we honored, I would be honored. Thank you. Well, we, this was a joy. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest or go to besttothenest.com. We are the podcast that brings you home.